<laughs> Some of you thought you were going to get preached at today, and instead I got here. <laughs> I am so blessed. Evan is now over. <laughs> Welcome to Overton, <laughs> where you too can be completely whatever that was. Listen, I am not Stan. I'm not Rudy. I'm just Jeffrey. And I got a phone call this morning. We need to pray for Stan. He's not feeling well. Um, God, I'm blessed to be here. Yet, you see, I I figured I wasn't going to get to see yourself uh, unless I just came over to visit and anymore. And uh, so today is it looks like officially going to be my last time coming over for a minute. So now it's your turn to come see me. I've been coming over here two years. Your time to go the other way. That's why I'm looking at it. So here you go. But check it out. I I was praying on the way over here and the thrill of hope. That's the season we're in. Is the thrill of hope. You see, I get excited not about a Christmas gift. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, Lick. When I was growing up, right, I, I, I wanted this thing. It was a Schwinn three-speed bicycle. Now, I'd never owed a, a new bike. All my bikes were garage sales or, you know, flea market, and then we'd come home and rattle can them, and it was new to me, Right. Because we, you know, my dad was into ministry, and I found out since becoming a minister, that's why we didn't have nothing, because we're always broke. <laughs> and so I was like, I wanted this, but I wanted this three-speed Schwinn. Now, I want you to picture in your mind's eye, my, my guys are out here, they're understanding. Ape hangers. <laughs> had a shifter in the middle on the center bar, it had, a, had an eight ball on it, right? One, two, three, remember? And then had a banana seat with a sissy bar. I owned it bad. And so you know what happened was Christmas Eve, when I went to sleep, I was ready. As soon as my eyes popped open, I knew Santa was bringing me a swim. Because I asked him for it. And you know what I'd done was, man, when my eyes, I jumped up screaming, running down the hall, Santa is here! I didn't see no bike. I was not happy. And my dad said, well, son, you do know that a bike's hard to get down a chimney. You may want to check and see if he just put it on the front porch. And I walked out. Ah, the gates of heaven opened up and there was my gold metal flake. The, the seat was metal flake. It shined. Santa's real. Oh, if we only had the expectation of the birth of Christ. He's real. 
The birth of Christ. You see, I want you to understand something today. Advent. Do you know what Advent is? Nope. <laughs> nope. It's an event. A happening. The birth of Christ. You see, I want you to understand something. We need to experience that powerful joy of that gift when you were a child. When you think of the gift of the birth of Jesus Christ, that Advent is everything. Everything. It starts everything. I'm going to put my glasses on because my riding in the van, my wife, I promise you on the way here, I love my wife. You all know how much I love my wife, but I think she intentionally tried to find every bump on the interstate <laughs> on the way here. I'm just telling you, Nevada DOT need to work a little bit harder. I think if they leaned less on a shovel and more on their machine, we'd have smooth roads. <laughs> but I want you to understand. See, the event of Christ being born was just the beginning. How many of you remember when He actually ascended into heaven? You see, this is when the hope started. Because when the birth came, that was the promise of hope. The thrill of hope is when he ascended, he, it says in Acts 1 and 11, it says, Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen him go into heaven. That's the event I want to concentrate on. We're celebrating the birth of Christ, but you've got to understand, because of the birth of Christ, we have the promise of the return of Christ. I checked it out without the birth. <laughs> we got a lot of pretty lights for no reason. The birth celebrates the beginning of your hope. You see, I got you. I Listen, folk. I, if you had your hope pinned in Jeffrey Lee, you messed up. I got news. Jeffrey Lee is nothing more than a, a, a cripple trying to make heaven. You understand what I'm saying? But let me tell you about my Jesus. He's the one that when you call and people start praying, you can close your eyes and see him. He's the one when nobody else is there, you can feel somebody closer than a brother. Let me tell you about Jesus. But you see, the event that I want you to understand, the love that God has shown us through the birth of Jesus Christ was the promise of the second coming. That was the promise. Good stuff. Yep, I'm going to keep on going. Okay. 
If you want, if you got a Bible in front of you, which most of you should, if you don't, I think there's still some scattered about. But I'd like for you to turn to Titus 2. Titus 2. Titus is in the Bible, I promise. Some of you might have to go to the front and look up what page it's actually on. But Titus is in there. Chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 12 and 13. It says, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what we need to concentrate on. How many of you know babies are cute? And then they grow up, Gary. Yes, they grow up and they ain't as cute as we once was. Now we have to rely on our bubbly personalities. That and the fact that women's eyesight start to go faster than ours. So you have to understand, we have to develop some wisdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we start thinking about how to say no to ungodliness. You understand that comes from wisdom. Because none of you have ever made a mistake. Right? And when you make a mistake, what is it that we pray happens? We learn from them. Right? So see, it's the building of wisdom. Do you know if you put somebody in a glass bubble and they never have interaction with other people, they would be dumb. If you broke the glass, clink, and took them out at the age of 40, and they'd never spoken a word, do you think they're going to go, excuse me, sir, what is it that you should want? Now they're going to go, because they ain't going to be taught nothing. See, life teaches you stuff. But the thing of it is, is you have to find wisdom to stay away from ungodly stuff. Thank you for nodding your head, baby. I think she's either, either she's really sleepy from driving this morning and doing the Dunkin' Bird or she's trying to preach with me. Here's the thing I want you to understand. We've got to be ready for the second coming of Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ, yes, we're celebrating Christmas. The birth of Christ, this is the beginning of our blessed hope. The rest of this, you know what, you start looking. Do you know what happened when that Schwinn came? The next day, I was already thinking about what I wanted the next Christmas. Oh, you all liars if you ain't the same way. The next day you started thinking, what else you want? What were you going to put on that list? Guess what? When Christ is born, what's the rest? What's next? Good stuff, preacher. Yep. All right. You see... I want to think about gaining wisdom. How do you gain wisdom, right? We make mistakes and all that stuff. Anybody heard the book of Proverbs? Y'all can turn that way. Book of Proverbs says it's considered 
the wisdom literature. You know what I'm saying? Yep, we're in Proverbs 1, verse 7. Chapter 1, verse 7. Fear the Lord is the begin the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Huh. Some of y'all acting foolish. How many of you in here like to be chastised? How many of you like to be corrected? How of you how many of you like to be told you wrong? How many of you do you understand what I'm saying? Guess what? But this is the beginning of wisdom, it says. Why? Because when you accept correction, you learn from that. I've seen this beautiful baby up here. Wasn't she so cute coming up here? She's just a doll. She's so precious. I don't know how she came to be that pretty. There it is. Found it. I'm just saying, how precious, right? You know what's funny? You like this thing right here? Hot. Don't touch it. It's hot. Don't touch it. It's on the burn you. I said stop. Don't touch it. Ow! Dummy. When you don't take correction, you learn the hard way. Am I wrong? How many times have you done that? How many times have you seen a child? I'm just not going to stay, I know. I'm just telling you. It's, here's the thing I want you to understand. You're, as a child, your mistakes are what nurture and correct you. As an adult, what happens in your life is molding and shaping you. Correction is what's going to bring us to fruition. I just messed my whole thing up right there. You see, the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Do you know, you could tell me something and I'll listen to you, unless you're my father. My dad could tell me this. My dad could say, son, he told me this. Listen to this. Son, if you will take 10% of your check and give it to God, and then take another 10% and put it into savings, when you're at retirement age, you will have more than enough money to retire safely and never have to worry or want. <laughs> That's funny. 20% of my check going away. <laughs> nope. I'll do the 10% thing because, you know, I don't pff, lightning bolt strike you dead thing. I'm not playing there. By the way, if you don't tithe, you're not going to die from a lightning bolt. It may be a car. I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. Test it. See. <laughs> I'm just saying. I took my 10, 20% of my check gone. <laughs> happening. I want to I wanna have fun. I want a new car. I want to take her out. 
I want Rogaine. <laughs> Whatever. You have to understand. I'm going... <laughs> it was... Not you, me. <laughs> There's a point. <laughs> there ain't no help, you know what I'm saying? Here, here's what I want you to understand. When the Heavenly Father is telling you, how many times do you walk away from that and learn the hard way? The Holy Spirit is trying to teach you and correct you and keep you from learning the hard way. But you turn around and you keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And you know what you're doing? Spitting on the birth of Christ and the heart of hope. I don't want the knowledge. What? I just want you to understand something. I tried one time to be smart. Some of us ain't just cut out for that. So instead, I just figured, okay, I nailed sexy. Here we go. But wisdom, kind of, I'm just not book smart. I've got a reading disability. I, I don't learn well. In order for me to re understand what I read, I have to read it three to six times in order for me to understand it. So studying the Bible, which is already written in Arabic, is terrible to me. It's like, I have a hard time. But through my learning disability, you know what I've had to do? I've come to find out that my wisdom is nothing, but Christ's wisdom is everything. Because when you actually start studying the Word, you don't have to be the smartest fellow in the room. You've got to be the willingness person in the room in order to win, learn from God. Good stuff, Richard. I like this. Yes, sir. Here you go. I'm going to talk to you about something that's crazy. You see, God does not want us to be afraid. You know that, right? Fear of God is not being afraid. You see, being afraid is, is when you're my child and I raise my hand too fast. I still flinch. My dad did that the other day, and I was like, what in the world? I thought he was going to slap me. I'm like, I'm 58 years old, and you're going to whack me? What did I do? <laughs> but I want you to understand something. Fear of God is understanding he's just and righteous. That means when he says no sin, he's not going to bend for you, no matter how much he loves you. No sin means exactly that. No sin shall enter the gate. Get it? That's the fear. You see, we gotta we gotta recognize how powerful God actually is. We we He's big enough to create the world, and 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 in the same thing, small enough to have a relationship on one on one with me and you. That's pretty. Unfathomable to think of, isn't it? The creator of all the universe, everything that's going on, is still the one who can have a personal one on and love you and know you. He knows your thoughts. 
I love the fact it says he knows the amount of hairs you have on your head. And no, I'm not making a joke right there. I could. But I want you to understand something. God sometimes has to use his power for destruction also. Ever read the Old Testament? Heard of Sodom and Gomorrah? God has the ultimate power and authority. You see, sometimes God destroys things in our lives for purpose. To reconstruct something even better. How many of you remember 9-11? September 11th will be a day in the American history that will be remembered forever. But I, I'm going to give you an example. I was in Modesto, California. I was in Lot 304 of a two-story home doing a homeowner walk when across my Nokia radio nobody knows what that is anymore I got a thing yeah go ahead uh, you need to come to your office uh, we're under attack what and I remember going, could you repeat that? The United States of America is under attack. And I had this little thing. It was an AM FM radio, and it had a TV screen about this big around on it, black and white, and it had an antenna, and I turned it on in my office. And the next thing you know, my entire crew was crammed inside of my job site office watching as the second plane hit the Twin Towers. This was impossible. Do you know that the original building was 1,368 foot tall? Brought down to nothing in moments. But the new trade center the One World Trade Center was rebuilt at 1776. Anybody see any reason or resemblance of when God tears something down, when something's torn down, we can rebuild bigger and better. And it stands for something. You see, when God tears you down, it's not to hurt you or harm you. It's to rebuild you into the perfect creature you're supposed to be for him. So instead of being angry, it says to look at trials as pure joy. I'd rather be a little bit beat up than that make heaven my home and to walk through without a problem and miss an eternity with him. 
You see, I need to be completely devoted to God. You need to be completely devoted to God. How many of you have found yourself replacing God's place in your life with something or someone? It's hard. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm a soccer lover. I love soccer. Soccer is the sport I just enjoy so much. And you know what's happened this morning? FIFA World Cup. Do you know what I was doing when Presbyter Childers called me this morning? I was getting up to watch the World Cup with Dijon, who we have watched every game up to this morning, and it's the finals. And do you know I almost said, no, I'm not going to Overton, because it's the World Cup! Dear Lord, does the man not know soccer? And instead, I watched Argentina make two goals. Poof, poof, Messi, oh, Messi, goal! And I'm like, oh, man, and it was such a beautiful cross pass, and it was like 2-0, and I'm leaving, and I'm like, And then I get almost to Las Vegas. Actually, we was on the north side of Las Vegas, and Dijon texts me, 2-2. Are you kidding me? France was behind 2 to 0 and they tied it up. Ah! And I'm not watching this game. And then I get just about over to the what is it the the pilot or the loves truck stop exit 90 whatever 62 whatever and and ting and I look, 3-2, Argentina. What? Ah, who made the goal? No response. I get to the exit right up here. Ding. I look, 4-4. Four, four. Oh, my, I lost my mind. This is the game of the century. France and Argentina, Messi and Mbappe, and I'm coming to Overton. And God said, what are you putting on your pedestal, buddy? You can watch a replay of a stupid game. I'm sending you to go do my work. What are you putting on your pedestal? What are you putting on your pedestal? The perfect gift? The perfect car? The perfect man? The perfect woman? The perfect child? I got news. The perfect child is what we're celebrating. Quit thinking yours is going to be perfect. I won't tell you a secret. They may be precious, but they're going to grow up. (laughs) Then not so much. The greatest event 
was the birth of Christ. So far. Guess what? Next. He's coming back. He's coming back. I know it's not Easter. But without this Advent, Easter means nothing. Except the bunny. Hey, next. Figure that one out. Somewhere there's a mad chicken. That's what I'm saying. You guys got to figure that one out on your own. I'm not going to tell you nothing. You got to understand, if we don't stop putting other things in place of God, you're asking these things you're asking to be burnt you're asking to be burnt Savior now what are we supposed to do between now and then you're supposed to share the word you know right now in this season people are more susceptible to listening to the Christ message than ever because everything around them is pointing to Christ. Really? How many times have you seen a manger scene in somebody's yard? Guess what? Even if they're not a Christian, you know what they're doing? It's in their yard because it's giving you opportunity. Right now is when people are looking for something, for a hope. Even children, they're hoping for, they don't even know what a Schwinn is. Or, oh my Lord, right? Mm, I still see it. I can close my eyes and see it. Tuck and rolled it was. I'm telling you, it was sick. But I want you to understand something. What are you doing right now in this season? Sitting back and coasting? It said, you're supposed to go. In Acts 1.8 it says, But if you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Right now you better start getting busy. This is when people are looking and they're susceptible to hearing. If you have taken this season and I'm looking at this church two years I haven't seen it this pretty it's all dolled up lights and everything it's gorgeous and I bet if I went to Trina's house it looked like Christmas vomited everywhere and I don't even want to talk about Crystal's house. I saw the picture of Crystal's house. 
I'm just going over to take a picture where everybody thinks I got money. But I want you to understand something. If you've taken this entire season and you've made it about presents and decorations and parties, what have you taken off the pedestal? And what have you placed there? see the greatest thing the greatest gift we have is the birth of Jesus Christ now through his life and the resurrection he has given us the greatest gift to come to come and it's our job in this in between time to figure out what we're supposed to be doing what are you doing on your in, this in-between time, from the birth to the second coming. What are you doing? It says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witness. Are you? Are you? Or is this just a time to put up bright, shiny stuff? Candles, love, joy, peace. You get it? That's all things that come through the birth of Christ. But the birth, guess what? Is it's done. We're celebrating the birthday just like we don't. Vanessa says all the time. We celebrate the person, not the age. You can say that when you get past fifty. Up until 50, it's like, no, I want everybody to know this is how good I look at 48. <laughs> yeah, look at this, 48. At 50, it's like, stop counting. Let me ask you a question. Are you celebrating a person or the day? Are you celebrating the person or the day? Have you taken this season and let the marketing geniuses turn it into where you're looking how to get the best gift for the best price. My fingers ain't working. I found one. He's in here. Best gift. Best gift ever given. Best gift ever given is right in here. Right in here. You know why? I can have eternal. You know why? Because even when some hairy-legged boy gives you a diamond ring on your finger, see, she wasn't lucky. She got cubic zirconium. <laughs> I was broke. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, 
no, because I was broke and I had to wait for the real thing to get there. So on Christmas Eve, she actually got her real ring and she actually, we have it on video where she goes, is this one real? <laughs> True story. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I said, yes, just don't try to cut glass with it. <laughs> Y'all, listen. The best gift you can ever have, we already have. His name is Jesus. The best gift you can give, you already have. His name is Jesus. The best thing that this world needs right now, you already have. His name is Jesus. Guess what? You know what they're looking for, Nick? They're looking for hope. His name is Jesus. They're looking for answers. Guess what? His name is Jesus. They're looking for somebody to guide them. Guess what? His name is Jesus. You know what? He's look, they're looking for somebody to fill a hole that they've been looking in all the wrong places. Guess what? His name is Jesus. Guess what? The event that you have been waiting for is happened. Now you start celebrating and letting people know He's coming again. That's the next event. That's the next event. It's time to make sure your pedestal has Christ on it, God on it, instead of soccer, or a boy, or a girl, or money, or status, whatever you may place on your pedestal. Father, God, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity to be in your home. God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your son. God, as we walk into Christmas... Let us feel your presence surround us. From the promise of the birth of the Messiah, God, to the promise of the second coming. Let us walk in your fullness. And let us be a witness to you in everything we do and say. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for letting me come back one more time. And uh, next time, I'll just come and uh, kick my feet up and get preached at. That's what I'm thinking. So, love y'all. I think there's food and such going to happen in just a minute over there. And uh, we'll catch you on the next round.